This podcast is brought to you by Digital Workforce Solution, where we show organizations how to create work that your people love. If you're looking to unlock cost savings and efficiency at scale, improve operational efficiency, and improve employee and customer satisfaction through digital transformation, then this is the podcast for you. In each episode, we'll cover different aspects of process automation, which will help you execute your automation journey as successfully as possible. Make sure you follow us on LinkedIn or visit digitalworkforcesolution.com to speak with us. Hello, I am Charles Stewart, Project Manager, Business Analyst for Digital Workforce Solution, and I will be hosting today's podcast. On today's podcast, we will be talking with Ashley Bora, Senior Process Automation Analyst, and Michelle DeMarco, CFO, Partner, and Senior Advisor on best practices for business process documentation, especially when looking to implement automation of a company's business processes. Welcome to the two of you. Thank you. Glad to be here. So let's jump right in. We often hear that documentation of processes is important when companies are implementing automation of business processes. But I want to get your thoughts on why this is so important and why it's critical to having a successful automation program. Well, you know, Trellis, uh, business process documentation is truly at the heart of any automation program that's successful. Without um, documentation of your business processes, you really lack the understanding of the actual steps that are taking um, place to complete a task. So there may be aspects to the process that are not efficient or effective, and without having kind of this baseline as-is business process that's documented, a company won't have the understanding of what actually is happening on a day-to-day basis within, within the organizations. I heard you say that companies need to have a baseline as is documentation of a process. Is that really necessary? Or can companies go ahead and start documenting the most efficient and effective way to complete a process and basically jump into developing the to be business process? You know, there's always a lot of debate on this. And I, I will just share with you that in my prior jobs, we often uh, looked at business process documentation really more from a controls perspective or business continuity. So that you had processes documented if there's turnover or some situation where people um, immediately need to be out of the office and someone else can pick that up. So that was really always the, the primary motivator for initially documenting processes. But what I've seen time and time again through that and every one of my roles that I've had where we started documenting processes is that once somebody actually starts writing down that process that they're doing, they start to ask themselves, like, why am I doing this this way? Or why can't we do it this way? And they try to make the process better. So I do feel that first documenting that as-is state is so important, not only from the controls and the business continuity perspective, but also because it really does challenge you to question why you're doing something the way that you're doing. And ultimately, it can lead to an improved future state for your business process. You have a lot of good points here. Companies do need to document the as-is process from a controls and business continuity perspective. But it seems this can also lead to a process improvement just by documenting what people are doing in their day-to-day jobs. So this leads to my next question. What do you look for in a process that you want to automate? I can take this one, Carlos. There are really four key criteria that we look for in a process when we want to automate them. The first, including looking to see if a process is standardized. So 
So basically, is the process highly defined in both the tasks that are performed and in the sequence that the process is performed. Next, we look to see if the process is stable, meaning the process can't change frequently, and ideally, the process will stay as it is for a reasonable amount of time. Third, we look to see if the process is recurring and on a frequent basis. And lastly, we look to see if the process has a high amount of either transactions or data that needs to be updated or transcribed. Great. So now that we have, now that we've talked about what a process needs to look like in order for it to be automated, how should a company go about getting started with this business process documentation? Well, the very first step is actually putting together a list of all of your processes in the particular area that you are looking to automate. So, for example, if you're in the financial operations group, you would want to get a list of all the processes that are actually being performed and then see which of those processes are documented. In one of my prior positions at a large retail REIT, we went through a process documentation initiative, and in that group, we found that there was actually close to 150 separate processes being performed, and less than 50% were actually documented. That is really interesting. I'm guessing that when a company looks into what work is actually being performed, they are surprised with the number of processes that their teams are doing. Oh my gosh, for sure. That is always a big surprise, especially for management. And the other key aspect of process documentation is to prioritize which processes are high, medium, or low priorities based on objective measures. This can be different for each company, but the key thing to note is that it needs to be objective in terms of what is high priority and what is low priority. And the example I was referring to earlier, the criteria for being a high priority, was that if the process stopped, then a major disruption to the company would occur. So for example, if a payment on a loan or bond wasn't made, which is definitely considered a major disruption, documenting the process for payments on debt is definitely a high priority. Again, great point. Are there other considerations that should be made when looking into how to prioritize processes to document? I'll take this one, and there definitely are other considerations to take a look at. And, and some of those questions that you really should ask yourself is which processes require a significant amount of manual work? In everything that you do, in every job I've seen, there's always something where it's a lot of manual work, and you really need to kind of look at those opportunities that have a lot of manual work required to get a job done. Uh, the other thing, too, is what do customers complain about? You know, your customer is your top priority, so what are they complaining about? And then really look at those uh, types of questions um, and be objective about what you're looking at and, and really focus in on those. And this will really, you know, eventually help you uncover which processes you want to go after first, and then it'll help you develop this priority list. When you are looking at automation, you are really looking to drive operational efficiency. So if you focus on which processes require the most manual effort, this will kind of naturally help you capture those lost hours if you automate those, and you can drive operational efficiency. So by eliminating manual hours of work, uh, this can end up actually helping you drive margin expansion within your company because what you can do is have the same amount of work done with fewer costs and, and fewer headcount to do that. those roles. We're not talking about eliminating headcount. What we're saying is that you can have more work performed because you really have this blend between a digital worker through automation and a human worker. So once you identify the list of processes and you prioritize them, who do you recommend document those processes? And also, how do you define what they are going to document? Well, from my experience, it always makes sense to have the process expert complete the documentation. 
This is often the person who has been performing the process the longest and are the expert within the company on the process that they are executing. Then, it is important for the person to identify the scope of the process to be documented. You want to make sure to identify what is going to be covered in the process document and what isn't. Scope creep can become a big, big problem, so it is important to set the boundaries for each process. You can have high-level categories of process and then sub-processes within that area. So, for example, accounts payable can be a process category, and within accounts payable, you can have multiple sub-processes for various areas, like new vendor onboarding, ACH payments, etc. The list goes on. Yeah, and the last thing I would add on to what Ashley just stated is that it's good to have an overall project plan and keep track of all those processes that you're looking to document. And you'll want to track that list and have a start date for when you start working on the process and the end date for completion. And what I've found uh, where we've had successful completion of document um, documentation of processes is that you have a high-level sponsor and you kind of gamify it a bit and you make it fun for people. Not that documenting processes are fun, but you can make it a bit more fun by having kind of uh, you know friendly competition between groups of who can get their processes documented, um, who can get it documented the first time or second time without a lot of changes. So just really make it you know, kind of something that, yes, we have to do this, but it doesn't just have to be some dreaded task of the process documentation. So those are the, the key things I would keep in mind is just have a project plan and really do try to keep the end game in mind, which is what you're trying to do is not only just from a controls perspective or business continuity, but ultimately you can look to automation of those processes. So Ashley, now that we have a better understanding how to get started with process documentation and some of the additional considerations when you're looking to automate a program. Can you help us understand how you actually go about creating a process document? Oh, I'd love to. I actually think this is the fun stuff. So once you have your process list identified they have and they have been prioritized and you have aligned with the stakeholders on the list, then you can start documentation. We always recommend that your organization use a standard template for documenting all of your business processes because this helps to standardize across the organization and it will actually speed up the process since everyone is working from the same template. Next, you want to create the guidelines for how to write a process document. For example, how to create the overview of the process, the scope of the process, and the level of detail needed in the process document. It is also helpful to share examples of completed process documents to provide a frame of reference to the entire team. I always find that it's best to have the person most familiar with the process to complete it. However, it's not always possible. In those cases, you need to determine the team members that you need to interview and review the processes with them. It is also very helpful if the reporting of the process can take place. Once the process document is completed, then you will also want to complete a peer review to make sure it fully covers the process and has all the information necessary to move to the next step of the automation. The other thing I'd like to mention is that many people will focus on grammar and other technical details when reviewing the business process. And that is important, but checking the actual steps is definitely the most essential. That was very insightful. How long should an organization give itself to complete process documents per, per function? You know, Trellis, that's a really great question, and it's actually a very difficult one to answer. And it depends on each organization and the size of the company, the scope of what you're trying to do, and are they a, a global in scale? Or are they more, um, you know, localized? So one of the things that uh, we help our clients do is walk them through a process 
um, I hate to use the word processing, but it is a process to walk them through a process to facilitate a brainstorming activity to identify those processes. And then we help them put those all on the list and complete this business process prioritization matrix. And we find that that really helps our clients to think objectively about all the processes and especially think objectively when they're ranking them. Because what we end up doing is we score those processes and, and then you take this, the ones with the higher scores. That means these are ripe for automation or these are highly critical for the company and you start with those. And this really helps companies to be objective when you have an outside company such as digital workforce coming in and helping you through that and think objectively. It really helps them put this list together. And then what we end up doing is we create a timeline. And this is why it can be different for every company is the timeline needs to be based on what you have in front of you. And so um, for some companies, that might be a relatively short period of time. Maybe that can be done in one or two months. For other companies that maybe are larger in scale and scope of what they're trying to do, that might be you know, multiple months um, to get that completed. Well, thank you, Ashley and Michelle. This has been very insightful and helpful. And thank you to everyone listening in on today's podcast. If you have any questions on business process improvement, please reach out to us at digitalworkforcesolution.com or feel free to message us on LinkedIn. And at Digital Workforce Solution, we create work humans love. Until next time, have a great day. Thank you for listening. To speak with our team, please contact us through digitalworkforcesolution.com. And until next time, follow us on LinkedIn to stay up to date on the latest information around intelligent automation.